Good. I think I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. Arizona didn't last long, huh? Oh, come on now. I'm just back here for a week. All right. Welcome to episode 149 of Auto Off Topic. Live at in-house. That's right. No experimental processes this week. No, not at all. Last last week's experimental process kind of failed a little bit. It certainly did. Yeah, we had some trouble layering two recorded files. That's why there was a bit of an echo last week. Yeah. So we apologize for the audio quality mm-hmm. or lack thereof. Yeah. Nope. Now it's back to normal. Yeah, there'll be two or maybe three episodes recorded while I'm here. Certainly try so, to. So, yeah. We'll be able to have some normal audio quality for a little while. Yeah. So, Brad, how did you get here? Um, a combination of different forms of transportation. I took an Uber to the airport and okay. an airplane to Dallas-Fort Worth. I got out of bed and I brushed my teeth. And then an airplane from Dallas-Fort Worth to Huntsville, Alabama. That's where the fun really started. Ah. I've had my eyes on a certain bizarre Mitsubishi Eclipse for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it came up for sale for a very uh, reasonable purchase point, price of entry. Um, during a time when I had some free time and a little extra cash to pick it up. So one thing led to another, and I now own another 1G Eclipse, 1G DSM. Cool. Yeah, so do we want to start with what the car is? Did we talk about it already? I think we did, right? You did. So you can quickly recap it. It was a German market 1993 Mitsubishi Eclipse 4G 6.3 car, 5-speed, but no turbo. And... It's a 93 and has pop-ups. Correct. Which was only 90-91 for the U.S. market. Right, but the German market got pop-up headlights through the entire run of the first-generation Eclipse, which is weird. It is weird. So it's a fully loaded, well, except for the really rare options. It doesn't have a target top, um, but it has, oh, yeah. it has all of the options that a German market Eclipse would have had in 93. Mm. So cruise control, air conditioning, power antenna, power windows, um, two liter, 4G63. Decent car. Nice car. It's fun. It's not going to ever be fast like a Turbo Talon or like Turbo Eclipse. Nope. But it's a uh, it's still a good platform. It handles well. It's fun to drive. Um, it's not a drag strip car, so I don't expect it to be, but... I do enjoy driving it, and that 4G63 is, I've never driven a naturally aspirated one before. I hadn't either. Yeah, it's still has a lot of, a good amount of low-end grunt, um, I was surprised, actually. Like, when you are in second gear, just kind of idling along, and you, you know, roll into it, it feels peppy. It's not, again, it's not fast, by any means, but it's quick enough to have fun, and it's a good momentum, you know, slow car, fast kind of car. Well, it's a it's a two-liter dual-cam four-cylinder, so it Mm-hmm. It's not super big to spin up. No. And it breathes pretty well, so. Yeah, no, it's a it's a fun little car to drive. So I flew to Huntsville, Alabama. Um, a friend of the show, Nate Smith, is a Mitsubishi nerd like us who lives down there, I which mean, is not the place you would find a Mitsubishi nerd, you wouldn't think. Maybe the king or contender. He's, he's up there. There's, he, there's a few. There's a few, but he's definitely has a. His collection far outweighs anything I have. The amount, right? Well, I mean, car-wise, number-wise, he's got th- th- four Mitsubishis right now. Yeah. 
It's the memorabilia, though, four, I think, right? Four and a half Mitsubishi's right now because yeah. he has uh, Mighty Max turned into a trailer. So, oh. <laughs> um, Yeah, he has a really cool collection of literature. Mm-hmm. That's what his uh, memorabilia collecting is. He has some great cars. Don't get me wrong. I, yeah. I, I've, I've known about uh, Nate for quite a few years because he built a first-generation Dodge Colt, so the first-generation Mitsubishi Galant-based ones. Yep. Um, that was featured. Uh, do you remember back in the early days of YouTube, the Turbo Tom's Garage? Mm-hmm. It was on there. It's still around. Yeah, I think that's where I saw it. Um, and it has, he did Hot Rod Power Tour with a four-cylinder Colt. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so that's really neat. Um, that car is super clean. It's a California car. Really nice and straight. No rust anywhere. Clean interior. Um, and it has a 1.7 from a Galant GTO swapped into it. Mm. Dual carbon all. So that's like a super rare engine because we talked about how few of those yes. cars they actually made. Yep. It's not the twin cam. It's a single cam. But but still. Still pretty cool. Yeah. So it's not a GTO MR. Right. It'll be a regular 1.7 GTO. Just a regular GTO. Yeah. So that's in his first gen Colt, which is a really cool car. He has another pretty decently solid first gen Colt um, that's in the process of being 4G63 swapped. Cool. So that's, that car's not nearly as nice. It's a nice car. Don't get me wrong, but. It's not as like showroom quality or car show quality as the orange car is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's being 4G63 swapped with, you know, a big turbo and a Ford 8.8 and a T56. Mm-hmm. So that will be a fun car. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has a, I forget if it's a Talon or an Eclipse, and he's going to murder me for that. But it is a 1GB all-wheel drive car. Um that belonged to a friend of his who unfortunately passed. So he'll be holding onto that car for quite some time. Uh, if you go back to, there was a video in 2014 of a North American rally event, which is one of those like point to point road rallies mm-hmm. that Matt Farah did a whole thing on in the Smoky Mountains. And there's actually like a probably a minute long segment about that car on that video. Oh, so. I yeah. Now that you mention that in the Smoky Mountains, I remember him talking about that. Yeah, when they smoked tire a couple of years ago. Yeah, a few years back. Hmm. So that's that's cool. He has an Montero as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, his literature collection is really cool. Um, I had never seen some of this stuff before. The original performance catalogs from Mopar in the seventies, with all the part numbers and stuff, to pretty much take your showroom fresh Colt and build it into a autocross or a showroom stock race car or a rally car or a drag car or any of those things so the coolest thing is that on the cover of one of the direct connection catalogs that was the name of the mopar aftermarket parts division it was called direct connection um is a 74 75 ish two-door colt drag car full nhra setup livery and everything and the driver's name on the passenger side window is desantis Oh. Yeah. So I have to do some digging to find out who that is. Find out who my long lost relative is who secretly somehow got me into cults from mm. before I was born. <laughs> so speaking of cults, uh, what do we do with yours today? Well, before we did that, I drove the car home from Alabama. We were skipping ahead part of the oh, story. Oh, right. Yeah. So I bought the German Eclipse from um, from Nate. Mm-hmm. And he is... an epic person because he did a lot of the maintenance stuff that I wanted to make sure was done before the car was shipped. Uh, not shipped, excuse me, before I drove the car. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to like pull out into the highway in the middle of Alabama and have a timing belt snap or just something let go and be stuck. 
So he did everything that needed to be done. Um, and I can't thank him enough for that because everything worked out great and the car made it home. Mm-hmm. So I drove the car from Alabama mm-hmm. to Danville, Virginia. Yep. Um, because the picture, the, the pictures we posted of the car have all been on the passenger side. Yeah. Because there is a pretty big dent on the driver's side behind the door in front of the wheel. Mm-hmm. So that has to be repaired. Um, and I had found the parts that I needed to repair it in Danville, Virginia. So I stopped there on the way home. I was kind of sore at a halfway in between. Um, and then drove the car the rest of the way home. So it's here now. Hopefully it'll be in the body shop tomorrow, fingers crossed, getting that dent fixed. Mm. And then you and I are going to jump back in it. And uh, Well, there's something else. We're going to go to New England Forest Rally in between that. But yeah. yeah. In a week. A week from... Tomorrow. Yeah, a week, a week from tomorrow, we're going to jump back in the car and drive it across the country back to another, yet another Radwood event. Mm. So that should be fun. All right. So back to the cult, which is why my brain is fried today. What did we do with the cult today? We woke up at like 4.30 in the morning. Yep. <laughs> uh, we got in the cult and we drove down to Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And we participated in the Rhode Island Mini Melee. Yeah. Where's the name come from? Do you know? Yes. Okay. Um... The gentleman who put the event together, Chris, uh-huh. uh, participated in the California Melee, mm-hmm. which is a vintage car rally in California. Okay. Um, and that's why he called it the Mini Melee, because it's kind of, that's his inspiration uh, came from there. Um, and he decided to call it the Melee, because it's the same kind of event. But it's here in the East Coast, and it was just a little half-day event here versus a whole weekend out there. Yeah. So We don't have the space, unfortunately. No, we definitely do not, as we learned today, for sure. Um, but I'll tell you, it was certainly a good group of cars came out. It's a good group of cars and a good group of people. Yep. Um, and then nothing to fault the organizer if there could be a wide opener space. Yeah. Yeah. The, pro- the problem is we're trying to do something in populated New England. Yeah. So, you know, you have... Because nobody wants to drive half a day to Vermont to... R- drive around half a day and then yeah. drive home. I mean, I bet people would, but the problem is nobody wants to plan it. Yeah. Because it's been, it's been a lot of it's time hard. planning the routes. Yeah, we've and tried even, it a few times. Even like a regular SCCA TSD around here in our region, mm-hmm. is they don't go off very often anymore because they're just difficult to plan. Yep. And there's only like one guy that's the rally master. Yep. And he does a really good job with them, but it takes him a long time to do it. So. Right. Yeah, no, so this was, unfortunately, for listeners who don't live in New England, um, most of New England is lived in. Yep. So there's not a lot of open back roads that don't have any residential addresses on them. So when you're out in an event and you want to drive your car, obviously you want to drive your car in a spirited manner. I mean, we're not talking, it's not a race, it's just a, a back road event, and then you get a bunch of people together, and that spirited manner, you know... It's infectious. Yeah, the, the general nature of people is, you're not competing, but... These weren't young people either. No, no we, were, we were probably the youngest people there. I mean, I think the organizers probably about our age, but the majority of the group was, was um, aged beyond our years, for sure. Um, but the cars were cool. So it was, we took my 78 Colt, because uh, it kind of fit the aesthetic of the event best. Mm-hmm. It's technically a uh, 1975 and down rally, 
Um, yeah. But they're a little fast and loose with that rule. Aluminum bumpers, stuff like that. Yeah, but like there was a 944 there, which doesn't really fit the aesthetic, but it was like, it's a 944 and it's, you know, it's okay. Um, but yeah, most cars there were chrome or aluminum bumpered and um, there was a Citroen SM. Citroen was really, really cool. That was really neat. Uh, a couple of MGBs. The Morgan plus yeah. four. It was 1980 Morgan plus four. That was really cool. That was, it was probably, that was probably my favorite car. Yeah. And it was a hot rod too. Like yeah. it looked stock, but it had like a burly engine and then modified I, carburetor. I really liked the P1800 that was there. Mm-hmm. It was a white and P1800. And the Citroen. The, um, there was a really ratty Spitfire that somebody stuffed the GT6 engine into, which sounded really cool. Oh yeah. And that was probably hairy to drive because those cars are not exactly, uh, yeah, stiff cars. Did you realize that guy was wearing like a real tree T-shirt at the end of the day? Yes, because at the halfway point, he got out of the car and he was in the gas station in front of me, and his like T-shirt of the event was just completely soaked. Was it really with sweat? Yeah, so <laughs> he like bought at the gas station because that's apparently all you can get is a real tree camo sh- that's shirt. Funny. <laughs> that's why he was wearing it. I didn't. I did not notice the change of clothing. No, I noticed the end of the day he was wearing a real tree shirt, and I thought the real tree camo shirt went right along with his the aesthetic of his uh, Spitfire. It did. So I didn't even question it. Um, but yeah, also for people outside of New England, it was like 90 degrees today and it was 62% humidity. It's perfect. And none of those cars had air conditioning. So everybody was soaked. It wasn't just him. <laughs> yeah. It was a hot, hot day. So, and I mean, you're driving and you're driving quickly and it gets. All the cars made it though. Car. Yeah. Yeah. All the cars made it. They did have a hard luck trophy, which, uh, if you go back, I don't know if it was on our Instagram page or my personal one, there are pictures of a green mgb along with my blue colt uh our friend ben mm-hmm. and he won the hard luck award because he scrambled all day friday and saturday because he blew a head gasket on thursday getting ready for the event mm-hmm. so but he scrambled and he got it together and uh he completed the event so that's positive mm-hmm. so he got the hard luck award um yeah we, al- was we almost had the hard luck award on the way down in the colts yeah we had some mechanical maladies on the way to the event unfortunately the uh, halfway down. I mean, we were like twenty minutes from my house, and the charge light started to flicker. I the was like, charge light and the e-brake lights. I was like, "Cool! Yeah. I love old cars with electrical problems. This is yeah. this is what I've been working on for last. <laughs> this is month. my wheelhouse." And I'm panicking a little bit. I'm like, "Great! I actually flew back to Boston early. I came back to Boston early." to do this event before the doing of Forest Rally, and my car is going to break down on the way to the event. Yeah. Great. Just what I wanted to happen. So we made it to the rest stop. So we were 20 minutes from Andrew's house, and our decision-making skills said, let's just keep driving. We'll figure it's, it out. It, honestly, it's it was probably 20 minutes to the rest stop. Mm-hmm. So, Except then, if we did break down, we were 40 minutes from home instead of 20. Yeah, but only like, uh, I guess it's about 20, 20 miles. Yeah, at least. Yeah, it's not that bad. But still, we our decision making skills said let's press on regardless. To me, that's not that far away from home. So no, it's I, not. I wasn't that worried. But we got to the got to the gas station, um, and it wasn't flashing the whole time. It was intermittent. No, it would you hit a bump and it would stop. Yeah, so we were like sh- maybe there's a dirty connection somewhere on the alternator. Yeah, or the battery terminals or the battery loose. or something. Yeah. Um, so we pulled into the, the gas station and opened the hood and it was immediately obvious what happened. Like it was painfully obvious. 
So where the external voltage regulator plugs into the back of the alternator, the plastic clip that holds the you know, all the wires into the alternator, um, the connector itself yeah, is from 1978, and it was brittle, and the tab that holds it in place just broke off. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing holding it in the alternator. So it was slowly backing off, and every time it backed off far enough, it would give a charging indication. Now, you didn't have any zip ties in your roadside kit, which is a mistake. Uh, apparently, it is a mistake, because I had my roadside kit, which has everything in it. You didn't have duct tape? Except for zip, zip ties and duct tape, which are essential. Yeah. So, luckily, our friend Chris was going to this event, too, so you called him. Yep. And he brought some cable ties, because he hadn't left his house yet. Yeah, well, first we asked him, when we first started having an electrical problem, we're like, hey, bring a multimeter, please? Yeah. So you brought a multimeter, cable ties, and duct tape. Yeah. So we figured with, with those three things, we weren't going to get stuck anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then when we got to the start, it was like a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot. Everybody's hanging out. I was like, all right. And I just zip-tied the cable. Yeah, you, so you put a zip-tie from around the back of the alternator behind the connector up to the bracket, the adjusting bracket for the alternator, just to hold it in place. Yeah. And it worked all day. Yeah. So no complaints. I, mi- I might be a permanent fix is now, that a, to be honest. Is that a permanent repair? Well, the engine in that car is getting tired. So the, yes. car, the engine's going to have to come out of that car. Oh, yeah. So that brings to Iran just fine all day. It ran great. Drove down there just fine. Drove the event just fine. It wasn't being babied at all today. And then coming home. It just started overheating. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was so hot. Yeah. We had the heat on. Yep. <laughs> it's just getting hotter. Yep. <laughs> We stopped to let it cool off. It really wasn't down that much on water. I don't know why it's overheating. It doesn't make any sense. It Maybe doesn't make any you sense. you got to check it with a infrared thermometer again, make sure the yeah. temperature gauge is not bad because it doesn't smell hot. Yeah, we got to figure it's out what's going It's not steaming. On. But that's not why the engine's tired either. The engine's just tired. Like it starts, It's starting to smoke a little bit on startup, and um, the higher RPM power is gone. Got a little blow-by? Yeah, it's... It's just it's it's getting tired, so I probably will not be repairing the uh, alternator wiring until they put a new engine in the car. So, yeah, stay tuned for what happens there. But I'm just I'm, honestly I'm just gonna drive it till it doesn't drive anymore. I'm not gonna or until it's what am I gonna do? It doesn't let's get yeah. an engine ready in the meantime. Yeah, for sure. But. In the meantime, so it doesn't just sit down and never get fixed? Well, it's a little bit of a problem because it lives in Massachusetts and I live in Arizona. So. Oh, well, that's an easy thing with a, a truck and a trailer. Yeah, well, sometimes it's impossible when you're towing $1,000 cars and pay $1,000 to your $1,000 car across the country. Hey, <laughs> you chose that life. <laughs> I did. Both lives, the Arizona life and the cheap car life. But moral of the story is we made it home. We did. Zip ties, overheating, burning oil. It's it's not like smelling exhaust fumes because the exhaust pipe broke off behind the axle. People people are like, wow, so you're just, that's cool. You're fixing zip ties. And I was like, yeah, this is like, I was like, like, you don't know the things that I fixed. You you don't know Brad's car collection. Or like, I mean, I am like a spaghetti golf. Yeah, I am a. That, we'll get to the spaghetti golf. That is that car is more rivnuts nuts and zip ties than the car. You are a certified zip tie engineer. Is basically what you're trying yes, to say. Yes, I am. It's funny because we don't love zip ties. We like them for like neatening up cables. No, I use them like for their intended purpose. For, right. 
If you, they're good. They're perfect. I mean, they're like, I don't know. I don't know what you'd do without them. Like, they are. Well, you wouldn't have mounted the washer tank in the Volkswagen, so. That was all our buddy Andy, so. <laughs> Real engineering. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking at them right now. They're all holding these mic wires to the mm-hmm. to the things, but. That's what they're designed for. They're cable ties. Um, I mean, they're just so useful. Like, yeah. it's, it's probably the greatest invention. Next to duct tape and WD-40? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I like them even better than duct tape. Wow. Because they're not, like, sticky and annoying, and they they don't generally, if you do it right, they don't fail. No. Although I had that one when I was working on Ron's car that didn't have enough bite in the teeth. And so it was the first time I'd worked on cars in his garage, and he's like, yeah, why don't you zip tie the, zip tie the caliper up out of the way? And I was like, all right, cool. And I'm sitting there Use a thin one. Sometimes you got to use heavier ones for those. It didn't matter. It, you couldn't hold anything with it. You had a defective zip tie. It was a defective zip that tie. That is your luck. But I was standing there, and it's, it's literally the first thing he's asked me to do since I've like, lived in Arizona and <laughs> worked in a car in his garage. He's like, I'm like, he's going to sit here, he's going to think, this guy can't even put a zip tie on a car. What is he even talking about all this time? <laughs> but it, would, it turned out to be a defective zip tie, which is, it was frustrating, so I was trying to put it on, and like I can't really see what I'm doing, so I'm flipping it around the other way, and it's still not working. I'm like, I know I had it right the first time. <laughs> it just doesn't do anything. Just Guys, know how to use a cable tie. <laughs> there were no teeth on it, so I was like, "I don't know what I'm doing." And he looked at me like, what, "Like, you need to leave my garage now." Look on his face, and he did. He's like, "Oh shit, this is not working at all." <sighs> so, all right, some project car updates. Uh, the Colt, no, <laughs> Spaghetti Golf. This is uh, this is the other reason why we we basically missed uh, an episode. So you were driving. The main uh, reason we missed an episode is because I was traveling. Yeah. And then it's been all hands on deck thrashing on the car to get it together because the rally is next weekend. Yeah. It's and a, it's a literally week, it's a like week from three days ago. So not this Saturday. The Saturday prior, it had it was up on four jack stands with no doors, no fenders, no hood, no, no radiator, radiator support. Uh, no radiator. Yeah. No rear support. No radiator. And now, as we record this episode, they're driving around on the street. So yep. it sounds like a proper rally car. Yes. Um. Like, first of all, the last time we left off, I cleaned up a bunch of the wiring, uh, installed the wiring harness they got to do the ABA swap, uh, but it wouldn't start. We would get it to turn over, uh, that we weren't getting the fuel pump to come on. It was kind of weird. So, uh, we're like, all right, let's get my dad involved. Time Mr. to bring Mr. out the big guns. Electrical guru. So, brought him up there. We're playing with it, with the power probe out, checking things. If we primed the fuel, like if we triggered the fuel pump and primed the fuel rail and manually, manually, you get the car to turn over and start, and then it would die and run out of fuel because the fuel pump wouldn't keep going. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of like sh- scratching our heads. So this entire time, I had not hooked up the alternator or the charging wire because we were just fucking around with it, and I didn't want to like ruin the alternator by just like constantly starting it. I don't know. We were just. To, like just turning over the engine, so I didn't want it, I didn't want the alternator connected. Well, given their history with alternators, yeah. So my dad's like looking at like we ordered some dinner. We're sitting there, and he's like, he's real quiet over there. He's like, he got just it. Contemplating. Yep. <laughs> we're like, what? He's like, <laughs> he's like, I don't think the relay is getting closed. He doesn't have enough voltage. I was like, let's hook up the alternator. So we hooked up the alternator, and we primed the pump first. And got the car to start, and once it started, there's enough voltage going, it would close the relay. And just run. And run the fuel pump. 
Okay. So we're like, all right, cool. So the, so the, re- the, the, the fuel pump doesn't click on until the engine is turning, basically. Because the alternator is now putting out 14 volts. Okay. When you're starting the car, the starter was dragging the the battery voltage down. Down to like, 11 something, probably. Yeah, 11.6, yeah. right? Which is pretty normal, but it wasn't enough to close that relay and connect full 12 volt power to the fuel pump. Mm-hmm. So we're like, all right. No big deal. It's just like, that's it, right? So we were doing other stuff to the car. We had, because we hadn't quite finished the wiring, we go back to it. And now it's doing a similar, it's doing the same thing where it just won't start unless we prime the fuel pump first. Right. Super annoying. So I think what's happening is it's not the battery cable I have to the fuse panel because we basically added a marine fuse panel under the hood to eliminate the fusible links that this Golf had. Mm -hmm. So basically... Yes, I could have built an entire harness for this car if I had like three or four months to do it instead of patching up the original and this other harness that we got and sort of melding them together. But regardless, it's like 98% there. Right. So what is the solution? You I to, think yeah. now it's not getting, it's having a voltage drop between the cable that goes from the positive battery terminal to the fuse panel. So the cable is too small. I don't think the cable is big enough. All right. That's just not carrying enough current then. Exactly. And part of the problem too now we're going to have is that we have to run longer cables into the car for a cutoff for a kill switch. Yeah, it's got an emergency cutoff yeah, switch. It's kind of annoying, but we'll figure it out. Even if the worst case thing, the, the quickest thing we do is just install a prime button that will trigger the relay by just a push button momentary switch mm-hmm. and it'll just you'll beep, prime it and then you can fire it up and then just you're fine. I mean it's also an anti-theft device. Yeah, I mean if the car is has been running recently, it'll start right up. Okay. Um if it Because there's enough fuel in the system. Exactly. Yeah. Um it's just it's just a, a little annoying quirk we have to uh, figure out. Right. But I got the high beams working, I got the horn to work. Uh, I got the fans to work. I think the temp switch is too high. It's got like something that comes. It, the temp switch comes on at like two ten or something, Ugh. and it's like at the furthest corner in the radiator away from the engine. So it's not. It's probably not ever getting that hot at the radiator. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wired in an override, so that works for him. Um. Yeah, we just did a bunch of... Th- oh, I fixed the reverse lights, so they work with the swapped transmission. Okay. Uh, Man, I missed a lot when I was gone. I didn't know yeah. any of these were issues. Oh, my gosh. It was... And I'm do- I spent probably... I've spent probably 30 hours on wiring. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Jordan, Andy, and Liz are doing all the other stuff to this car. Right. Like, if one person was doing this, it would not be done. Not it, a chance. It took everyone to get this to get this done so um and uh hopefully once they're done with the rally no i know once they're done with the rally because i told them this was part of me helping them fix the wires they're going to come on the show and we'll talk all about wiring this project and (laughs) why maybe you should build and not buy a rally car as people told us yeah um it probably would have been easier to start out this wiring with the stock car of course it would have been uh, instead of like patching work on patchwork and patchwork like an old house. Well, that's been the problem with this car from day one. You remember back to last year, we had a similar problem when we were just trying to bleed the brakes. Yeah. Because somebody had put calipers from a different year car on and they'd put them in the wrong positions and they were 
the bleeders are too high or too yeah. low. So, um, yeah. So that's uh, that'll be a good episode. I hope. The good news is is that they've now made this car like reliable and whoa, whoa, whoa. as mint whoa. as a rusty shell can be. Okay. Um, hopefully, hopefully. I'm not gonna. Fingers wood. crossed. I'm not gonna wood. Um, it's no, it's gonna finish. Of course finish. it is. I know it'll finish. It finished last year. It's going to finish this year. It's, it'll finish. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a lot quicker. Yeah, uh, for sure. It runs way better. Jordan already texted me earlier. He said it was a hoot to drive around town. Nice. So. Do they do the alignment yet? Yeah. So I gave him the, I let him borrow the alignment plates. Um, it's a little bit off and I was trying to explain to him over text how to do it. It's kind of hard to like explain via text because you like, aligning is kind of weird I don't know if he had the rack centered when he put the steering column in perfectly. So that could be the issue. And like, cause like his measurements the same, but like one wheel's cocked and I'm like, you kind of have to like eyeball them straight yeah, and then sort of split the difference. And that's how you kind of get them straight. It's not the most perfect way, but it's good enough for a rally car on dirt mm-hmm. to do camera plate um, alignment plates. Well, I mean, we did your talent with it, and you drove it all the way to Philadelphia. Back, yeah, the so. tires haven't worn weird. I've done – I double-checked the – The steering was a little off to the left, but – Only sometimes, though. That's not good. That means something's worn out somewhere. Yeah, but I don't know. It's weird. It Most of the time, it's fine, and the steering feels fine. I'm not sure. Because I drove that car for the first time in a long time today, and it's the first yeah. thing I noticed. Um, oh, yeah, because we, we had the two cars together earlier. Yeah, probably the first and only time, unless you have moved to Arizona. Yeah, that the my new DSM and your forever DSM will be in the same place. Um, and then yeah, I, I used those plates on the Subaru too, and to double check the uh, Montero, and those cars drive straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what's up with Talon. I don't drive it too often, so I'll look at it eventually. I got to do the plan is hopefully by the end of the year on the Talon, I can do coilovers. And I'll have it officially aligned, have it like professionally aligned. After that, yeah, corner balance and everything. Yeah, I'll have it uh, have it done the right way over at Fast Track. The plates are good in between to save you a hundred bucks when you're just doing simple stuff in front of your car. Yeah, Fast Track bailed my dad out last week too. Actually, oh yeah, the uh, the what his uh, low mileage RX seven. Yeah, his nineteen thousand mile RX seven. Yeah, he drives it like fifty miles a year. Like doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, because it's. A car when it's they a, when they're so low they can't yeah can't drive it, them it's, much. A, it's museum quality it's, a muse- it, it, it's legitimately a museum quality car I don't say that because it's my dad's car like it legitimately is a museum quality car um, almost better than new but somehow it's still just original mm-hmm. but yeah so he drives it like maybe fifty miles a year just exercise it a little bit mm-hmm. which meant that the fuel in the tank in that car was like five years old yeah um, so got to the point where it congealed too much in all of the hoses and lines and, and all the, the ethanol carburetor specifically and uh, the car to stop running i don't know if anybody makes anything an additive to combat that i think they do pretty sure they do yeah and i thought there was a way to buy ethanol free fuel still i don't know anywhere that does that around here yeah i only ran into it once in 2013 in tennessee when i was driving cross country oh really and on that tank of gas i got the best fuel mileage i got uh, the entire trip, hmm. because I got the most actual gas, actual fuel, yeah, not corn. 
Yeah. Your car does not run. Your fuel economy actually goes down by yeah. running on ethanol. Oh, of so. course it does. So does a lot of things. Yeah. The longevity of your car, too, because of yeah. the stupid... Oh, and I ran into this when I was in North Carolina on vacation with Stephanie. Uh, they had E85... No. Uh, it was 81 octane fuel. Okay. But it was 15% ethanol. So Isn't that what E85 is? No. E85 is like almost pure ethanol. Okay. Hold on. What? I literally had this discussion earlier today. Yeah. And somebody was convinced me that E85 meant that it was 85% fuel. No. And 15% no. ethanol. No, it's more ethanol. If you run E85, say if you want to do an E85 swap to my Talon, mm-hmm. you have to run dual fuel pumps. Mm-hmm. You have to run like 1,200cc injectors because mm-hmm. you need more of it. It doesn't have... Ethanol will burn cooler, but it doesn't have the same burn power as right. gasoline. Right. That's why you get poor fuel mileage with uh, the 10% ethanol fuels we have now because they have less burn power. We're basically watering down the gas to subsidize corn farmers. Okay. And we we all lose out on this. It's it's not good. It's it's yeah. a stupid it's a stupid government intervention on it. So um if you can get it without it, your car will get way better mileage. Right. And you can let it leave it parked for five years and not worry about it um, coming up on you. Yeah. So then, yeah, this I saw this stuff at a gas station in North Carolina. It was 81 octane. It was 15% ethanol. And you could only put it in cars that were like 2009 and newer, it said on the pump. Okay. Because they'll, cal- they'll recalibrate for it automatically. Yeah. I had a brand new Escalade rental car. Yeah, this shit's cheap. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew that GM does like that flex fool shit. And I was like, yeah. it'll figure it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's an Escalade somewhere in North Carolina that they haven't been able to figure out why it won't start. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know where we were here. Oh, what do you need to do the Eclipse before you bring it to Redwood? Okay, so we already mentioned that I'm getting the dent repaired. Yep. I'm going to paint from the black rub strips down just to put it all in okay. on that one side of the dentist oh yeah we're sorry we have some beers tonight <laughs> yeah some really like heavily carbonated beers. yeah uh um, night shift everweiss and uh the backup is grapefruit uh, grapefruit sculpin yeah the ever is, uh, is pretty ridiculous um anyway it's a sour and it's it's really good it's delicious <laughs> Um, so yeah, paint from the moldings down red. Yep. So it blends it in. Um, but most importantly, uh, the mechanical aspects that are left on the car, the front axles need to be replaced. I like that the car is actually red, not that maroon color that oh, some of them can. Yeah, it's red, red. Yeah, I like the maroon too, though. Mm. But the red's nice. Um, the whole car will be getting painted eventually when it gets back to Arizona. Yeah. But um, front axles will be done, and there is a ridiculous knocking noise in the rear of the car. You drove it for a few feet. I don't think you heard the same noise I heard. There is a, sl- a lighter knocking noise that to me sounds like it's almost like a strut noise. Like uh, a strut it sounded like the rear suspension was going to fall out of the car. Right. But when you step on the brake or pull the e-brake halfway up, the noise goes away. Mm, this so one did not go away for me. It was really rattly and really bad. I don't bad. think you pulled the e-brake up hard enough. Um, I we'll pull- take a ride after recording this so you can hear it. But... 
The other thing I would check too is make sure that the hatch is not loose. It's not the hatch. You'd be surprised. I can pull the e-brake up and the noise goes away. Mm, this this is really rattly and loud. Yes, that's the noise. And you pull the e-brake up and it goes away. But it's vibrating through the whole body. Yep. I didn't feel that at all. Well, when, we, when we're done recording, we're going to go out and take a ride so I can explain right. to you with me in the car what's going on. Okay. Because I had uh, a thousand miles to get quite intimate with the sound okay. and its source in the past few days. You need to put a radio in it. I do need to put a radio in it. Because... Not driving that far with no Bluetooth. Right. Bluetooth is my like only requirement that any car has. The other option would be you could print out song lyrics and I could sing the whole way. That would make me really not want to go. <laughs> um, You're already like, do I really want to drive across country with Brad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about that though. That trip's gonna be fun. But yeah, there will be a radio in it with Bluetooth. Okay. Um, I'm either going to take the radio out of the Raider. Um, or I, because it's pretty and it matches the dashboard like, yep. perfectly. Um, or I might just go the super simple route and I have a brand new Pioneer in a box that I got for the Saab and never put it in. Mm-hmm. And I might slap that in there. So we'll see what's up. But All right, cool. Can I, can I shill something right now? What's that? Anybody want to buy a Saab? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I know you don't. I'm asking. I'm asking to the... The audience in the world. What is it? A ninety-eight. It's a ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Um, Nine thousand CSE turbo. Burgundy, on tan over tan Elmo leather. What does that mean? I don't know. I was always the manufacturer, but there's this neat little tag on each headdress that says Elmo, a genuine Elmo leather. Ugh. It's not red and fuzzy, so I know it's not the character from. Sesame well, Street. you don't. Actually, I don't know what it looked like underneath his red fuzz. You don't get. Yeah, yeah you maybe. don't get. Cow leather with fur Hair, on it. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's suede. Anyway, it's called Elmo leather. Um, it's a very nice car, actually. It's a solid car. It runs great. It needs front axles swapped in it. The axles are in the car. Ran when parked. Uh huh. Just needs fuel pump. Sure. Thumb over plate. Yeah, he knows what he has. Uh, I don't want no I low have. balls. Um, but no, I, I'd, I'd like to sell it while I'm here. Um. That's why I haven't put the axles in it because I have other projects I'm working on. Otherwise, I just slap them in. I don't need to really sell this. I'm just testing the waters here. Yeah, but if someone wants a, a good running car for a thousand bucks, come take a look at it. Yeah. So that's all. I just I like to earn another parking spot back in my garage. <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. If it doesn't sell, it doesn't sell. It's fine. I think that about covers it. It's actually our backup car if like we can't get axles or something. Or. Oh no! We'll just drive this out across country. Oh, no. Why? It's fine. All right. Events. Uh, We've got... uh, There's like a Radwood in Seattle. That's like... That's like... Four days away. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're Uh, in that area... That's next weekend. At the LeMay Auto Museum. Yep. Go check that out. Uh, Radwood NorCal is the 27th. Something like that. Uh, Look it up on the website. The location is... You know how to use the internet. Probably you to TBD at this point still because there was an issue, but everything's going to be good. It'll still be an event. Yeah. Just look it up on the website. Yep. They'll keep you posted. Uposted. Uposted. It'll be at specific time. Yes. Um, In the Pacific time zone. <laughs> Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee, Sunday, July 21st, the Coffee Factory, New Hampshire. Check the Facebook event for details. We will not be at that event. We will be... You will be at... You will be at Misslewood in Beverly... 
yep. on Sunday the 21st. Yes, you might be there too. I might be. We'll see how I feel at the end of the rally day on Saturday the 20th, so the 19th the 20th. So Misslewood is the Misslewood Concord Yelegance. Mm-hmm. That is the 21st. Yep. Um, always a good time. Lots of really obscure your obscenely expensive cars teaser photos of what they're having there what's going to be here this year i have not seen any uh some ferrari thing some gto ferrari. thing sweet it'll be a really expensive yeah. rare ferrari Excellent. it wasn't red it was silver well that was there last year uh, maybe they're showing photos from last year but they're yeah that was last year's car that was okay. last year's best of show it's not going to be here this year oh okay yes oh they were advertising that paul russell and company the local high-end restoration shop will be bringing several vehicles yes because it's the 10th anniversary of the Misslewood Concrete Elegance. Yes. And that's a big deal because summertime for Paul Russell and company, they're getting ready for... It's Pebble Beach prep. Pebble Beach. Yep. So for them to bring out cars, you're going to see cars that probably aren't... I can't speak this. May, they might not be going to Pebble Beach, but... They probably will be going. To, it probably won't be like their big reveal won't be at Misslewood, but yeah. they'll probably have either Pebble Beach veterans or cars that will be going there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that stuff is gorgeous. So definitely go check that out if you just want to stay in the North Shore area. It's in Beverly, Mass. at Endicott College. Yeah, it's, it's simple to get to. There's plenty of parking. It's on 129. It's not super expensive. There's food and everything there. 127. You can 127. R- 127. Also a great driving little touring road. Yep. Although it'll be overrun with people it will. things this week. It will. But, like, to take for a cruise at the speed limit, yeah, it's perfect. Yes. And there is... On the opposite, so the the show is on the ocean side of the highway, overlooks the ocean, and on the college side, there's a parking lot, and that will be like a, if you brought an old car. Yeah, they have vintage car parking that's not concourse parking. Mm-hmm. Beyond, so there's a there's normal car parking lot if you show up in your like 2019 Corolla. Yeah. And then there's a specialty car parking lot. Yep. Which will be cars that were not invited to the concourse, but are still... Of interest. Yes. And then across the street is the actual Concours. Yes. The Elegance. Yeah, very cool. And then we we will, of course, be at the New England Forest Rally, July 19th and 20th, at Beth, at, uh, based out of Sunny River in Maine, Bethel, Maine. Uh, there's a spectator guide. You go to nefr.org, I believe. Just look up New England Forest Rally. Again, you listen to this podcast on the internet. You know how to use the internet, so I'm just going to tell you to Google shit. Google it. Yeah. You're good. Googly. Googly. Google it. Great Googly. Alexa, show me any FR. <laughs> there you go. Um, cool. Any other uh, events? Um, nothing for me. I'm, uh, it's, I live in Phoenix now, and it's quite hot there. So events happen at 5 a.m. Or um, at night? Nope. 5 a.m. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't really learned how to wake up at 5 a.m. yet, oh. so I'm working on oh, that. Oh, little tears. Work, working on that, working on that. Um, um, there is the Saturday show there, which I'm just, I still haven't been to yet because I have to keep coming here. But, oh. yeah, when I have something to say, I'll say oh. it. For right now, I have nothing to say. I had nothing to say. I went, actually, I did go to a car show out there. Okay. Um, it was like our Wednesday night cruise night show right. we had here. I went to one of those out there. Okay. And there were three cars in the parking lot because it was 110 degrees out. Yeah. So so you don't do cruise nights there. You do like cruise AMs? No, they do cruise nights in the in the wintertime. In the winter. Honestly, the, the super hot time of year is only a couple of months. And the rest of the year, you can go outside and do things. Mm-hmm. So right now, it's that couple of months. You don't have to justify it to me. Well, it's not I get it. Well, we have some friends who um, continue to harass 
me made for making decisions that I've made. So they shall remain nameless. You can talk to them next weekend when they race, I mean, the, when they race right the rally now, car. <laughs> right now, it feels like you were just on vacation for like three weeks. It is weird sitting down here. I feel like <laughs> I was just here last week and I haven't missed a moment. <laughs> so, hey, this is the living room that I spent the last two years doing podcasts in. Yeah. Our basement, not living room. Whatever, yeah. Whatever the hell it is. Rumpus room. Yeah, yes. Yes. The 70s game room. Yeah. But anyway. No, I have no events to promote other than what you've already promoted, I don't think. All right, cool. Also, check out the website, the Gearhead Project, mm-hmm. for us. And uh, please rate review the podcast. A bunch of people have done that. We thank you. We sent out a bunch of stickers. That Did was we? super cool. Yeah, awesome. I sent them all out. Good job. Um, you had them all. So I had them all. I sent them all out. I actually found more in my camera bag. We've so also been promising a new design for a long time. Well, that's all you. I'm, mm. I'm tapped out. Okay. Creative juices tapped out. I'm putting that on you. I already have an idea, so we'll make it I'm happen. delegating the new design to you. All right. So that means you guys will see it in 2022. Okay. All right. Um, as always, follow us on Instagram, Auto Off Topic. Follow us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast. Follow me on Instagram, Erased in Anger. Brad, where can they follow you? Uh, TSISS350. Cool. As always, keep your, keep your cars analog and aim for the roses. Aim for the roses.